Hello and welcome to We're Listening, a podcast all about Frasier. This week, Key is not joining us because he's getting his crepe pans re-seasoned, but I am instead joined by a member of royalty in the Frasier community, and that is Preston Poling of the Frasier Project. Preston, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Is that correct saying your surname there? Is it Poling or is it Poling or... Well, those both sounded the same. Yeah, they're both right. They're both, they're, they're both right. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on in kind of a very short amount of time. I'd kind of sprung this on you um, with no warning yesterday. Um, so it's just amazing that you've helped us out in this way. But you'll be familiar to a lot of our listeners because we've talked about the Fraser Project before. Um, we've collaborated on a lot of different things on Facebook and stuff. And I'm sure a lot of listeners already follow you um, online. But if they don't, would you be able to tell us a little bit about what the Fraser Project is? Yeah, so about uh, three years ago, I decided that I wanted to start building a 112th scale replica of Fraser's apartment. Mm-hmm. And it started with the fireplace and escalated from there. Um, and it's been, you know, I've been working on it off and on for the past few years. And in April of this year, I had actually gotten a request because, as you know, I'm on Fraser Fan Club on uh, Facebook. So I'd actually gotten a request for some pieces uh, to post some pictures because I had posted occasionally on there when I would make a piece. And I believe it was Robin who sent a, who made a post on there and said, Hey, if that guy who's building that little miniature apartment is still doing it, can we have some (laughs) more updated pictures? So I sent some and you know, that it had been probably a year since I had posted anything. And Mm. There was a whole new group of people on on Fraser Fan Club, so they all wanted to see stuff. So that was kind of how I decided to just start my own group called the Fraser Project on Facebook. I mean, it is amazing. Um, you don't need me to tell you that you have so many, you know, people that send you love and and um, kind of congratulations every day on, on how great the whole things come along. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested on that. Why the fireplace was the starting point? Is it because it's like? probably the most, I don't know, architecturally interesting aspect of the apartment. Why Why was that the starting point? Because I, I love the fact that that was where it all began. Well, it, it, I had thought if nothing else, because I didn't know if I knew how to do it or not. It was yeah. just something I wanted to do, but that doesn't always mean that you can. <laughs> um, so I had decided to start with that piece because it was so iconic and I thought it was pretty cool um, that even if I couldn't do anything else and that one piece took me forever to get it just right. I'd at least have something that looked pretty cool on a bookshelf. Mm. Um, so when you saw just that little fireplace, you would immediately recognize that as, as the fireplace. And I've got a large collection of Fraser props and memorabilia on different shelves and in cases. And I thought surely I could fit that piece in somewhere um, to display with the rest of my little Fraser odds and ends. So that was why I started with that. I thought it was a cool, somewhat small, but still big enough piece to make an impact. Yeah. I mean, I want to come back to your your Frasier memorabilia because you've got one of the best collections of, of things like that I've ever seen. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, definitely want to talk about that in a moment. But I guess a question I've always wanted to ask, and you've probably answered it a million times on the group, and I've, I've never seen. Um, I'm not just fronting for the podcast here. I genuinely am asking this for the first time. What was the most complicated or difficult piece of the of the build for you what took the most amount of time thinking or just really wouldn't come together in any way was there anything that really posed a challenge um the most challenging part for me oddly enough one of the hardest things to get right was the wood flooring um Mm. 
because I did not, I was dead set against using popsicle sticks because to me, that's just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't like the way they look on stuff. <laughs> I think it's kind of, you know, I, I get that people use them and they're great for certain things, but I just was, I wanted to use anything except for that. So I did everything from going to, I went to Lowe's and bought remnant wood floor and cut it all down to size just to avoid using popsicle sticks. Wow. Um, and in the end, I used popsicle sticks. They ended up working out the best. So in the end, that was what I ended up using because out of everything I tried, nothing looked as good as stained and polyurethane um, popsicle stick. But I bought boxes of thousands of them and had to sift through each one to find ones that were straight enough to use because some of them come out of the box all curvy. And mm. that took forever. That was that was the hardest part was getting the flooring right because I think the color of the floor, I think people who watch the show and pay attention to those details would notice if I was off on the floor color because you see it so often. So I really tried to get that right. And it gave me a, a heck of a time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, that, that's the best thing about the community of the Fraser project. I think is it is comprised of people who have that attention to detail and look for these tiny things in the apartment, but also, you know, I, I would never feel compelled if you did something like, you know, a shelf is slightly, you know, out of scale. I would never say, oh, that's that's not right. You know, you, you do this again. As someone who has absolutely no ability in terms of the, the craft and, and what you do. Um, and I'm, I'm not just saying that everything in that apartment, there is nothing there that I could build in the way you have. So like I have that eye for detail, but everything you produce to me just looks like you could have been the set designer on the show. Like that is the kind of level of quality you've got going there. And oh, I, I mean, appreciate that. Well, people that are following the project will obviously know you've, you've gone into Cafe Nervosa now and that's taking on a life of its own and, and looks similarly brilliant. Um, you've mentioned is KACL another potential alleyway for the Fraser project to go down at some point? It is. Yeah, that's going to be the third and final installment of Fraser Builds. Um, and then I'm going to move on to another television series after that but kacl is definitely the next one and i i really want to wait until i get fraser's apartment completely finished and there's nothing else except for maybe a few bookshelf pieces that i just mm -hmm. want to build or something like that but i want to make sure that that one's done and that nervosa is really close to being finished before i start kacl because number one i'm running out of room you know there's <laughs> there's only so many of these 112 <laughs> scale builds i can do they're like three foot by three foot, you know, that's a, that's They're a pretty things. good size build. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I've put off KACL. And the funny thing is that was what I was most excited to build after the apartment. Um, but I did a poll on the Fraser project group and everybody wanted to see Nervosa next. So yeah, I went ahead and did what they wanted, but I'm so anxious to build the little, uh, the little pieces uh, at the radio station, the little, what Roz uses, I don't know what they're called, the mixer boards, the sound Yeah, the kind of console and things like that. Right, right. I yeah. want to build those with little lights inside of them oh, and, and little dials. And I just want it to glow with this little yellow 90s kind of glowing lights. And I'm excited to tackle that. 
I love, that. I love, I love that. I love ambient lighting. It's so me, cool. me too. In fact, the, the, one of the things that I found most striking recently was that picture of, of Nervosa kind of like after hours and the lighting in there, that, that yeah, image really yeah. struck a chord with a lot of people. And I just, yeah, I'm, and you've kind of, you've talked to us before about those, um, I don't know what you call them, those kind of dioramas that people build into bookshelves. So it looks like there's a, a little room hidden in a bookshelf um, almost. Right. Do they have yeah. a, a name or something? <sighs> I don't know bookshelf dioramas. I guess that's they... as good as as good as it gets. But I mean, that they are the kind of thing that they've got that ambient lighting. They just look really cozy and and, and warm and you know inviting. Um, yeah, I, I love those. Um, yeah, they're really cool. And I bought all the components to actually do Fraser's hallway um, oh, out by so the cool. elevator. I just I haven't really started it yet. Um, I mean, I've cut all the pieces, so I've got the build there, but I haven't started anything else on it. Um, it's kind of tricky. It's tricky to get it to where you can actually see some of the details because you're not looking at it head on. You're looking at it elongated down this hall. So, and there's not very many clear shots of that hallway where there's not a bunch of activity and things in the way of the painting. So it's, it's tricky. I haven't quite started that one yet, but I've always got plan A's and B's and C's and depends (laughs) on how bored I get. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing the the final build of the hallway. And, and recently, you've been adding little cutouts of the of the characters in in the scenes. We have to see Martin lying on the floor and one of Fraser's lovers coming out of the elevator and <laughs> stepping over him. That's gotta be. That's gotta be done. Um, we talked a minute ago about your your collection of, of Fraser memorabilia, which you know you've you've shared some on the Fraser project in the past, and you've got some amazing things. Um, do you want to talk us through some of your favorite? pieces you have in that in that collection because you will be the envy of everyone listening i'm sure sure i've got uh, i mean i've i always call it the largest private collection of fraser memorabilia in the world it probably um, is yeah i think you're I, probably I, very accurate i've never there. been challenged on that so we'll, <laughs> we'll see unless of course chelsea or perry comes up and they're like no no i saved all this from the show then i'd probably get beat but i would welcome that challenge you're throwing um, the gauntlet down right i'm like okay you beat me i took the tour of your <laughs> I took the private tour of your collection. You won. Um, no, as far as favorite pieces, so my my favorite piece is probably the first piece that I got. Um, mm-hmm. It was the very first piece of Fraser memorabilia or, or Hollywood memorabilia at all that I had gotten. And um, I had found it at a prop store in London, and it's the uh, vest that Kelsey wore in the focus group. I had gotten that one. My wife let me order that as kind of a birthday present to myself kind of deal. So I found that. So it's always, it's always got a special connection because of that. And also I was working um, as a corrections officer, third shift at the time it was delivered, um, which is only relevant because I was asleep every time the UPS and post office guy would come by, but I would hear it. I would wake up and I would run out thinking, Oh, I hope I don't miss it. (laughs) <laughs> miss him to sign for this so i'm like a half dead zombie at 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning chasing down the ups driver each day waiting to make sure i didn't miss it so um it's it's kind of fun the um the other thing i really liked that was a holy grail item for me was the, the cup and the saucer um mm. that's that's one of those really that's my personal favorite that you have i love that so much is it yeah, yeah. it's um actually one of the marketing guys that was uh, working on the show he was redoing his sound booth at his own house to do his voiceover work and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to get a new microphone. So he was liquidating some Frasier stuff. And I happened to meet him 
And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm in the market. What do you got? So uh, from him, I actually acquired the cup and saucer and I acquired the cane, uh, Martin's cane. And then he included a couple of little African knickknacks that were on the show and some script covers and some different, different uh, marketing things that he was involved with. So turned out to be a really good connection. Um, I picked up some good, good stuff. So that, that cane you mentioned, is that the cane or is it a replica or one that was used of multiple or? It's the cane um, that Ronnie gave to Martin. If you remember in the final season, yes. he's like, dad, what happened to your cane? And she's like, oh, he doesn't need that old man cane, which is the one he'd been using all yeah, yeah. 11 seasons. But she gives him this wooden cane with this little brass ring on it. And he's like, give me a top hat and I'm... Uh, Fred Astaire and he's like Adam Monocle and you're Mr. Peanut. <laughs> so it's that actual cane and it's signed by John Mahoney. And oh, the story wow. was that that was actually his favorite cane. He not only used it on screen, but he used it during rehearsals because it's so light that he could kind of throw it around and, and yeah. use it and handle it um, as his own prop during rehearsals instead of the big, you know, bulky four legged aluminum cane that he used. So um, got a lot of, marty time i guess um, yeah but it's it's a cool piece it's it's a really cool piece it's hard to display being all long like that <laughs> autograph is underneath of it so it's it's always been tricky to display that and i don't even know what i think it's in my other case but it's it's always hard to display that but it is a cool piece so do you kind of display them and you've got like full-blown like lit display cases have you for every for every item or do you kind of have certain things are on display and then you've kind of run out of room so some things are kind of pigeoned yeah. away everything's all on everything from Frazier's on display um, okay. with very few exceptions i've got um the covers from every script um that are all bound together so there's 260 covers that's just really covers. like it's really lovely to look at like although that's got like amazing value for like what it represents even like aesthetically just looks really great i think yeah, yeah, it's it's really thick. It's bound with these three rings. So I don't have that displayed yet, but I do have a big glass um, display case that's got my bear clock in it from Azar is Born. It's got hats and, um, you know, I've got uh, the hat that when Frazier, the unnatural, when Frazier was trying out for the baseball team. Well, and, you've got like the, the red thing. I've got the, the KACL team hat with the oh, logo on it. Wow. Remember he's curls it up and stuffs it in his back pocket when he's talking yeah. to, to Freddie about how he sucks. Very Springsteen-esque. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's still kind of folded and crumpled from when it was in his back pocket. So um, I actually got that item for free um, from the same individual that I purchased the bear clock from. Wow. Um, he's like, hey, I've also got this piece. And he just threw it in there. And I had no idea he was going to do it. So what a connection um, to have that person. That is just like, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. And, you know, the more the larger your collection gets, the more people you meet that are interested. And, uh, you know, it just kind of grows exponentially from there. But um, I will send you a picture of my display case so you can see it and post it on your your Facebook page if you're interested in showing your listeners what that looks like. They will definitely want to see what that looks like. I think that'd be a really good kind of featured image for this episode, actually. I mean, is there anything from the show in terms of memorabilia, knickknacks? I mean, and it can be as as small or as inconsequential seemingly as as, as as you like. Is there anything that you you would love to get? Like, do you have a holy grail of 
of yes. Frasier memorabilia. And for me, it would be the Steinway piano that Kelsey has. Um, but I mean, I have nowhere to put that. So he can, oh, he yeah. can hold on to it until I'm ready to take it off his hands, I think. Well, the good thing is you can buy any Steinway and say that it's from the show. That is true. I can do that, yeah. <laughs> See, this, this was shipped here from Preston. He, he gifted this to me. He got it from Joe Keenan. From Joe Keenan. I'm Joe Keenan. <laughs> um, there is a piece that I would love to have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not the piece that probably everyone is thinking, which would be the chair or the Chanel couch or mm-hmm. something like that. The, uh, and it's actually from an episode that I don't think it's very much love at all. I think either love it or hate it. Um, but the piece that I would love to have in my collection is the terracotta croc from Croc Tales. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that is a is, good selection. That is the one piece that is just, I know I'll probably never see it. It was probably borrowed from a prop store and turned back in and since has been crushed into oblivion. <laughs> but that is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I love how they look back and, and I love that kind of thing. Um, it's a totally different episode from most Frasier episodes, which is why I think it gets such a bad, a bad rap. Yeah. Um, and the wigs don't help, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wigs are horrendous. The wigs never help. That's a rule of no, thumb, I think. <laughs> horrible. Um, and the funny thing about that is like the only person that needed one was Frasier. Because his mm. hair was longer back then. He needed the bozo Everybody else's haircut. hair like looked exactly the same through the <laughs> entire season or through the whole the whole series, but they felt the need to put these ridiculous wigs on him anyways. Um, it's been so long since I've never wa- changed. It's been so long since I've watched that episode. Who actually wears wigs? I can't even remember what they look like. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, they, they, have they all got one on? From what I remember, they've all got some crazy wigs, but... Niles is the one that stands out the most. We'll, we'll have to rewatch it. Um, yeah, I'm, so I'm trying to imagine David Hyde Pierce with a wig on, and I'm just thinking, it's, why would they ever take that step? <laughs> it's really bad. Watch it, and if they're not all wearing it, you can edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, we've got on to Crocktails, obviously. You said that's one of your favorite episodes. When uh, John Beale was on here um, doing the first fan interview, I did ask him about his favorite episodes. Um, so I'm going to keep the tradition alive. Other than Crocktails, if that is indeed your favorite, what is your other pick for your favorite episode of Frasier? Oh, goodness. Um, feel free to take as long as you want to digest this and i can just edit out the silence don't worry yeah no that's all right crocktails is is definitely one of my favorite um the other one of my favorites it's hard to say because it's i I really like um i really like my travels that's one of my one of my favorites that's such a good episode that was in mine and key's top 10 i think travels travels with martin um it's just yeah it just sets a perfect tone i think for the show generally but yeah i've i've always loved road stories and like hitting the road and that kind of thing um and frasier as a show that's so kind of you know bound up in its own little world you just wouldn't imagine that that would ever be successful but it works so well and they ended up doing it for quite a few episodes as well i think like just yeah. hitting the road and going somewhere um so it's obviously a formula that works um that means you have a least favorite episode we don't we don't have much negativity on the podcast really but i think sometimes i want to indulge the negativity do you have like a a hated episode or indeed just a least favorite yes i do i have one that i rarely ever watch um, okay that i just i skip it because for me 
and I've I've posted this on Fraser Fan Club before as like, yeah, this is one that I skip because that question comes up a lot on the. It on does. The it does. Um, and I always get pushback on this. People love this episode because it's I don't know the characters come to life in it, but I just, really got me guessing. Now I have no idea um, what you're going to pick. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's such my least favorite. I don't remember the exact name, but I think it's Rooms with a View. Rooms with a View. Is that the is name. the name of the episode, but I'm trying to, okay. I can't even tell you what happens in that episode. So that's the that one was... where they're all in the hospital and Martin wants the chunky. Um, yeah. And I don't remember a whole lot about it because I've, as much as I've seen the entire series, I've probably only watched that episode maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I don't mind a little bit of, of seriousness and real world problems in the show. I like that. I think it kind of adds a little um, character to the show, but I, there's just so much pain in that episode from everybody that it's not outweighed by the good that's in the episode. And I'm not a person that likes doctors and hospitals and, and that kind of thing anyways. Um, And, and I don't like the thought of my own mortality and, and I just, I hate that kind of stuff. It's not, I don't like to let it into my head. So that episode for me is a very high stress episode to watch. Um, And they're just, to me, there's, I personally just don't get anything rewarding out of watching that episode. So they could have, done without that one and i would have been just fine. you'd have been just fine <laughs> i would yeah. have been just fine i mean i you say a lot of people on fraser fan club obviously you know say they like that episode but i i would hedge a bet there's a few people listening right now that would completely agree with what i just think i think you've just given a really great summary of yeah i i don't think that highly of that episode and i think it is the fact that you're reminded of your own mortality and it's just, you know, you're being confronted with such heavy themes in a show that you come to rely on as comfort food and you go to it for a bit of levity. And yeah, just little things as well, like Daphne smashing the vending machine and stuff. Um, is that the same episode? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. A lot of is. people talk about, like, is that really in character for her? And, you know, people will say, well, she's under a lot of stress. You know, people do strange things when they're under stress, which is very true. Um, but, you know, it is, it's a very kind of violent action for one of the Frasier characters. It really take. is, especially especially her. And I think, you now don't misunderstand, I think that the acting is superb in that yeah, episode. Yeah. I think they all do a great job. Um, my only gripe is that that feeling hits too close to home. And I've never been in a situation where I've been in a hospital waiting area, waiting to see what's going on, who's doing what, you know. Um, it's not something that I relate to personal experience, but it's something that I think is like one of those things that's always, it's like a deadline. It's always hanging over your head. You know, at any minute, anything could happen and you're sitting there waiting and, and your world is, could be changed at any second. And it's just not something that's fun to consume while I'm watching (laughs) Frasier, you know, I want set to get away from all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's, that's the one episode that I I just skip. It's just not worth the the anguish of watching. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's actually weirdly worked really well in the fact that we've had like discussion of something like like the Fraser Project, and then talked about you know this episode and these themes because this is what Fraser does. You know, Fraser as a show takes these lighter themes and puts together that kind of you know that the ending of the episodes often have a real gravity to them, and they they deal with. There's some existential stuff about life and death. You know, even we've done episodes like, um, 
I can't remember the name of the the season one episode uh, where Fraser goes to the the Jewish doctor's house uh, after he's died. Right, um, right, right. What is that episode called? Not Death and the Doctor. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and look. Um, but I yeah, don't like, know. John would know. John would know. John, if you're still listening, can you can you pipe in with the answer next? You will know. It's death becomes him. Death becomes him. There we go. That's, That's why John's hanging in the background there. <laughs> our beloved Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like Ross, our producer. Um, thank you so much, John. I wish I could have you on every episode of We're Listening to just come in. And- yeah, it's it's great. I've just pictured a Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm, I mean, I've been, I've been chatting to you now for about, I don't know, 25 minutes, half an hour. I've lost track of the time here. I don't want to keep you all night. Um, and, the, you know, the nature of these bonus episodes is um, we keep them you know relatively short um i mean is there anything you wanted to anything you wanted to ask the we're listening fan base or me or anything about frazier anything you wanted to bring up while you're on here um i don't want to put you on the spot here but um, yeah no i would just direct people to the uh to the facebook page normally i would take this opportunity to give a shout out to the we're listening podcast (laughs) (laughs) i mean you can do that that seems (laughs) that seems redundant here because they're already (laughs) listening but i will i will I will say this about it. Um, I got into your podcast a little bit later. I think I was on um, maybe the matchmaker or something like that was the first mm. one or um, that was a fun one. Uh, shout, uh, Slow Tango in, in South Seattle, I think was the first one I listened to. I, weirdly, I remember that being your first one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think launch that was of the, the new series. One. Yeah. And I had the little book that I had made. Um, yes. The little, the little book. Um but anyway, that gave me a lot of time to catch up on some of the other podcasts that I had missed before that point. And we had talked about this a little bit the other day. Um, while I'm back there building, I like to listen to the We're Listening podcast, um, especially on Sundays when it's fresh, hot off the presses. But hot out the I, open. Really, <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy, like, there's a certain nostalgia for me back when I first started the uh, Fraser project group. And at that time I was getting a lot of followers on the group. I was really, really into diving into the build to try and produce new pieces to generate some excitement. And I was meeting all these new people and I associate the we're listening podcast with that time because you and key were always playing in the background (laughs) as I was catching up on these old broadcasts that you had done or old, they were a couple months behind, but there was enough of them to fill kind of that space. So now when I hear them, it's like I hear you and Key come on and it's kind of like that old song on the radio that you're like, oh, I love this song. And you crank it up. And I don't like to anything to, if I'm going to be uh, having to stop and go do a bunch of stuff. I don't like to be interrupted during that time. I like to hear <laughs> every bit of it because your guys's perspective on everything is is, you know, different being over there than it is over here in the States. Yeah, for sure. And it's always interesting to me, like you guys are very savvy and pick up on a lot of the, a lot of the things, but it's interesting to me, some of the smaller things that you're like, I've never heard this phrase before. I've never heard this. It's very interesting, the little things. And I kind of see that as like a challenge. I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what they're not going to know from this episode. And I love listening out for those little things. And of course I'm always too late to chime in and be like, Hey, you remember two weeks ago when you recorded that episode? You probably <laughs> looked it up a hundred times by now, and everybody's told you. But it's it is fun, and it's it's great to listen to it. And I listen to you guys a lot when I'm doing my build. 
I think it's great. I love the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, I think the, what, the last thing you just said about the kind of transatlantic relationship we have going on, you know, I think a lot of people have really responded to the fact that, you know, we're, we're Brits and we don't get a lot of the American references and trying to kind of puzzle through them in episodes and then knowing we'll have people who will write in and tell us, oh, it means this or it means that. Um, just, yeah, I think that's one of the best things, actually. Our, our predominant, you know, demographic is is North America. So, we have a lot of people, you know, filling in those blanks that we that we draw. Um, but yeah, the the fact as well, you know, that you just really really lovely description of of kind of keeping you company whilst you're building the models and things. Um, when we started the podcast, I think that's always what we intended it to be—that kind of almost like a wallpaper, audio wallpaper, just background noise that you could kind of tune in and out of. Um, that you know is entertaining, but also not 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 high stakes. You don't have to listen to like every single minute and worry if you've missed something, like a true crime podcast or something. Which I'm I'm not very good at listening to them. I know Hammy, our quiz master, will be listening, and he's a big fan of true crime podcasts. Every time I put one of those on, I zone out for twenty seconds, and that's it. You know, I've lost the thread of where this episode's going. Whereas I just think with us, you know we always want it to be you can dip in and out and you know you, you haven't really missed anything so um to hear that that's kind of yeah soundtracked what is to me and key certainly and to a lot of listeners the best project outside in the fraser community which is this just amazing build that you've got going on um which is just so hugely impressive um the I fact that we've that. kind of intersected in whatever ways we have i just think is is, is brilliant um and thank you so much for coming on today and giving up your time I and mean, what time is it for you over in, in kentucky right here it is quarter to one quarter so to one like, okay just just a little past lunchtime bad. it's not yeah. too bad i don't know why i thought it was like really early in the morning so it's not too bad have you had your lunch i have not i'm, I'm still what's on waiting. the what's on the menu today Oh God! Whatever I can scrape together. <laughs> I, I love I the idea putting, that you're uh, building yeah. this apartment meticulously, but then when it comes to lunch, it's just like, oh, whatever I can grab out the fridge. Oh <laughs> yeah, whatever's easiest. I don't, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that really focuses on like what I'm going to have for lunch or what I'm going to have for dinner. To me, it's like whatever components fit together the best that makes something that doesn't make you squeamish is pretty <laughs> much what I'm going to have. <laughs> an engineer's guide to lunch there i absolutely love that um preston thank you so much for joining us um and for coming on and um yeah hopefully we can speak to you again in the future we'll keep shouting out the the fraser project and seeing how it grows over time but yeah thank you so much well thanks for having me i really appreciate it it was fun chatting with you we'll have to do this again we will indeed hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. Ha! <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.